And here we go. Welcome to the Morning Brew with Stu. As always, I'm your host, Stuart Brooking. And my guest today is the one, the only, Jay Stevens. And before I let him introduce himself, I want to give him a big congratulations because his podcast that he hosts, the Locked On Buckeyes podcast, was named the number three Buckeyes podcast on Feedspot. Uh, congratulations, Jay. I know how hard you work. I know how passionate you are about Ohio State sports, not just football, but basketball as well. You're one of the hardest working men in the podcast space. So for that, you deserve this. A big congratulations. And I can't wait to announce when you get to number one spot. <laughs> Stu, I appreciate that. I appreciate the kind words. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love podcasting. I love um, Ohio State athletics. I love football, the Colts. Pacers are a different story, but I do love everything I do. So um, no, dude, I really appreciate that. Um, it's been a long time coming. Um, I was shocked when I got the email that I, it was number three, because I know how many good Ohio State podcasts are out there. So simply to be in the mix with all the other good ones, it's a it's an honor. And then to be in the, the number three, um, kind of blown away at how people um, appreciate and show the show and the success the show has had. It's not just me. It's the listeners. I give credit to them all the time. Without them making me better and making the show better, the show would be nothing without them. So I appreciate them. Um, it's a joint effort. But, yeah, man, I was blown away when I got that news. It was amazing. I bet, dude. I bet. we Listen, we don't do this for, you know, awards or anything, but it is always nice to be recognized right. and nice to be, you know, validated or, or at least, like, thought of when people think of, you know, podcast and your podcast. All right, let's start off with this. I brought you on the show. Big news is in the Colts world. Matt Ryan's an Indianapolis Colt. They made the trade Saturday. I, I'll tell you where I was Saturday, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you where you were Saturday night. I think I don't think I was in a very good mental space when it came to the Colts quarterback position. Uh, you can ask. I think you can ask my roommate. Uh, you can go back and check the group chat. Uh, I was at the point where I think I was ready to just say screw it and just draft a rookie quarterback. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had heard about Jimmy Garoppolo, but Nothing had been done. I, I, at that point, I was like, screw it. Let's get Jimmy G at this point. Baker Mayfield, but, you know, I was getting vibes early on from everything I was reading from Zach Kiefer and, and others that it was kind of a one-sided thing. And so, you know, here you are, you're like, well, it's been quiet in Indianapolis. Not much has happened. Um, here we are on Saturday. Nothing's really going on. March Madness, dude. I'm having a, a mental mental breakdown as far as the Colts quarterback position is concerned. I'm over here talking to my fiance and my roommate, like, screw it. Let's just draft a rookie quarterback. Let's trade up into the first round. Let's get a Matt Corral, a Sam Howell, a somebody, and let's just ride with it and see how it goes. I mean, at this point, what else are we going to do? Little did I know that while I'm doing this in my apartment, Matt Ryan is meeting with Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, and then the trade drops on Monday and Matt Ryan's now a Colt. Saturday or this weekend or kind of last week before the news broke, what were your thoughts as far as the Colts and, and the quarterback position? little annoyed with the lack of movement or conversation that was coming out of Colts camp as far as what the Colts quarterback or who they might be going after. Now, granted, for Chris Bell, this is probably amazing for him because he's not having – people like Kiefer, um, Stephen Holder, Mike Wells, breaking news and 
leak getting information that's been leaked to them and getting it out there on front street. So it's probably better for Chris for Chris Ballard to have all these things under wraps and really for not for people to not know what it, what cards are in his hand. So for him, that's a benefit. But when I look around the NFL and I see different teams making different moves, it is not just quarterbacks. I mean, the Colts need a left tackle. The Colts need receivers. The Colts need a starting tight end. The Colts need more help on defense. And you see all these different teams make these different moves. And right outside of Robert Ngakwe, I don't think the Colts had another move, a major move that they made prior to Matt Ryan. Now, I do think Rocky Sin was gone. Um, and he's been a back and forth, up and down type of player anyway, so that maybe people saw the writing on the wall for that one. But I was a little uneasy when I see different receivers go places, different quarterbacks go places. I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, wait, what are we like a couple, what, what week, two weeks into this free agency thing? And all of a sudden now we're seeing nothing, we're hearing nothing at all. So if I'm Chris Ballard, I'm like, great. Nobody knows what I'm doing. If I'm a fan, if I'm in, maybe even somebody in the media, I'm saying, okay, great. This is a little odd. Um, the Colts don't want to be the bottom feeders in the AFC. The only news I really heard was that, the Texans were not going to go after um, going to give Deshaun Watson to anybody in the division, which made a whole lot of sense. I completely understand that for their own uh, abilities to make the playoffs. I mean, you don't want to give him for, give him from go from uh, the Texans having Deshaun Watson to the Titans or the Colts. Cause you would think, Oh, wow. They upgraded that quarterback. They'll get all his other weapons. We won't win the division, but I was a little annoyed. Um, but looking back at it now and seeing how Chris Ballard looked, Maybe this was the move all along, and he had to figure out a way to move in silence to make it happen. He did it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I was a little annoyed, but uh, I think I'm a little bit better now as far as who the Colts have decided to go to when it comes to who's going to be QB1 for them in the fall. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, I was kind of annoyed, too. Um, as far as the right tackle position goes, um, Chris Ballard did come on the Pat McAfee show and say that Matt Pryor – a guy who they mm -hmm. had on the team last year will get the first look at right tackle. I still think they should bring somebody in for competition just in case, mm -hmm. but they or at left tackle, shall I say, not right tackle, but he'll get to look at left tackle. Matt Pryor will. Uh, wide receiver is the big issue, and we're going to talk about that later in the show. But okay, um, I'm going to go to my initial thoughts when the Matt Ryan trade dropped, and my initial thoughts were, I honestly, I just threw it out there as like a wishful thinking type of thing mm -hmm. i didn't ever think that matt ryan coming to indianapolis would actually happen i thought you know there would have to be some some, some scenarios that would have to fall some different you know places that would have to be put put together and i thought we were gonna have to give up a first round pick because this is a former mvp we're talking about and this isn't a guy who's too far removed from throwing five straight or having five straight seasons with four thousand yards so it's like what you know you're not really going to get this guy at a discount and so when it first tweeted that or when I first found out Monday morning Ian Rappaport was on good morning football and he said that it you know the Falcons have to pick up Matt Ryan's 7.6 million dollar mm -hmm. payday by 4 p.m and he said look out for the Colts to be a a likely trade option well we've been hearing about Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield being a trade option for a week so I didn't really take it too serious until I started hearing guys like Zach Kiefer, Stephen Holder. I started seeing some others be like, you know, really keep an eye on this. Like they're really working a deal out here. And then when I found out we, we got him for a third round pick, I was super, super stoked. And I couldn't believe we got him for a third round pick. And 
I know people think this is like a Philip Rivers situation and that this is like, you know, we're getting the old man that's coming in. He's on the verge of retirement, but I think it's different. Uh, Philip Rivers didn't have much left in that arm. There wasn't, there wasn't really anything left for Philip. He didn't threaten you down the field as a thrower of the football. Matt Ryan can still threaten you down the field as a thrower of the football. Now, I think some of his fastballs come off. I don't think he, you know, he has the arm strength he had in 2016 when he won the MVP, but I, it's not Ben Roethlisberger bad. It's not Drew Brees bad at the end of his career, Peyton at the end of his career. Like, this is a guy I can see playing for another four or five years. Now, will he play in Indianapolis for another four or five years? I don't know, but this is a guy I could see playing into his early 40s. So with the age thing, no, I'll, I'll go. I'll go to that in a second. I think Matt Ryan was a better, is a good option. If you're thinking about Baker Mayfield, Jimmy G, uh, Matt Ryan, I think Matt Ryan is the best option of those three. Now, granted, he's he's mid to late thirties, so you know that his clock is ticking. You know that he is a guy that has an arm that can produce good things. There are weapons here in Indianapolis that he does not have and hasn't had in a while in Atlanta. Yeah, he had Kyle Pitts. Julio Jones was in and out the lineup. He was hurt quite a bit. Um, didn't really have the best offensive line in, in Atlanta. Running game, not what you had with Jonathan Taylor. And so I do think the weapons here, as far as the offensive line, it's going to get some things fixed, worked out and fixed. And then having the best running back in the, in the league, I do think those two things are appealing to any quarterback, not just Matt Ryan, Baker and Jimmy G. I think that those things are appealing. But when you think about the age of Matt Ryan, this is the one thing that I was a little hesitant on when I realized the Colts were going this way. The Colts, and I think Kiefer put out a tweet, but there was some lack of context with the tweet. Not saying it was it's lack of context. I think it was 2017 or 16, this uh, week one starting quarterback was Scott Tolzien. Um, and, then he, and then it was Andrew Luck in 2018, Brissett in 2019, uh, 2020 was Rivers, 2021 was Carson Wentz, and then now 2022 we believe the week one starter will be Matt Ryan unless something crazy happens. In 2017, that first year, Brissett played 15 to 16 games as the starter. And so the tweet without the context, you're saying the Colts had Scott Tolzien start all 16 games. No, it was just a context that he just left out. These were the week one starters. But that is a crazy thing to think about that over since 2017, and even go 20, I think 2016, I think Luck was the week one starter in 2016. So my years might be off there, but it's a little crazy to think about the quarterback carousel and the movement that's been there ever since the Colts decided to move on from Peyton Manning. And I think the bigger thing that people really haven't talked about, is not so much Peyton Manning, but they also got rid of Bill Polian. And Bill Polian was the mastermind behind the Colts building that team and having that decade-long success. Yeah, there was some growing pains with Peyton Manning, but then you bring in Edron James, follow it up with a Joseph Adai. You have a very sustained offensive line. You go from Tariq Glenn to Anthony Costanzo. You have Hall of Famers on the outside. You have really good tight end play. He did a phenomenal job of building that roster. And I don't really think people really give Bill Polian the credit that he deserves for what he did by building the team. But I do think this is a step in the right direction because when you have all of those guys in that have been the starters week one for the Colts ever since Peyton Manning, and really Andrew Luck came in, but he had injuries. You kind of got to realize that you kind of need a guy in Matt Ryan that doesn't think this is his last year. People were hoping Phillip Rivers did retire. People were hoping Brissett was going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, that he could up his play. People were hoping Carson Wentz would not be the quarterback that he had been throughout his career. I think people believe that Matt Ryan is going to play at least two or three more years. 
And I think with that belief, not the hope, but the belief, Matt Ryan will be here a little bit longer. Even though Bill Polian, there's been a drop-off in quarterback play and consistency with the roster since Bill Polian left, I do think with Matt Ryan, there's that belief, not the hope, there's the belief that Matt Ryan will be able to be here for two, maybe three years. And then you got to realize, do the Colts draft a quarterback next year and have him sit for a year or two? Do the Colts draft a quarterback once Matt Ryan retires? Those are things that I do think Chris Ballard, Frank Reich need to think about. But I do think this is a step in the right direction. There's not the hope that the quarterback will be here the following year. There's the belief that he'll be here two, maybe three years from the time he joins us in Indianapolis. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I saw the exact same tweet you saw talking about the different starters we've had since 2017. And it is crazy. I The, the good thing is the Colts are have been good, good enough I to not get a top pick, a top five pick. That that means we've been we put together a good team, but that also means we, we weren't quite bad enough, you know, to get one of those top quarterbacks, but also right. means we weren't quite right. good enough to make the playoffs either. So we were kind of stuck in that purgatory spot as far as the quarterback position goes. Yeah, I I agree. I think Matt Ryan's gonna be here for a couple of years. I think this is something that the Colts don't have to worry about the QB mm-hmm. position for a couple of years. Now, they may come in next year and say, man, Bryce Young's really good. And, man, C.J. Stroud's really good. Let's give three first-round picks to whoever's got the number one or two overall pick. Or let's move up into the top five and hope we can get, you know, hope Jacksonville has the number one overall pick because they know they won't take Bryce Young. And hope, you know, whoever else is up there already has their quarterback so we can kind of get one of those guys, or maybe even Spencer Rattler steps up his game and becomes the guy that we thought he was going to be this year. And the Colts are like, let's get into the top 10, top five to try to get a guy. Maybe that's what they maybe that's what they do next year. I don't know. Maybe if we're lucky, we can uh, you know, get in the Arch Manning sweepstakes somehow and bring a Manning back to Indianapolis. But that's wishful thinking, and that's a couple of years away. But Jay, I want to ask you about what your initial thoughts were and how they've changed since you've been able to sleep on it. So my initial thoughts kind of delve into that a little bit earlier, but my initial thoughts were why another old quarterback, just being completely blunt with you. And I'm going back to the Phillip River situation. I know Carson went to last year. My initially thought was why another old quarterback and I'm not here for another one year rental. Basically, that's what Carson Wentz was. You took, a, you took a chance, a big chance, knowing if it doesn't work out, we can move on from him, but that's a chance you took. A one-year rental in Carson Wentz. I don't think that was like the initial thing that happened, but I think it quickly was. we quickly realized Carson Wentz is not the quarterback. He didn't improve enough under Frank Reich this past year to sustain himself as QB1 in Indianapolis. So you have a, a one-year rental in Carson Wentz. That's basically what he turned out to be. A one-year rental in Phillip Rivers. Jacoby Brissett's situation was a little bit different because he was not expecting to be the starting quarterback. The Colts were hoping once again that he would progress and get better once he got on the field more. But when you have your starting quarterback retire in week three of the NFL preseason at the end of the third preseason game, regardless of if Adam Schefter breaks it on a Saturday or if Luck breaks it on a Sunday the very next day, it's still week three of the NFL preseason. So the Colts were behind the A-ball on that one, so I can't really knock them for making Brissett their starter the, the entire time that year. So I, that's not on the Colts. But this is back-to-back years of having a one-year rental, and that was my initial thought, though, was the age. But then we think about Matt Ryan, 
I'm not really mad about this at all. Do I want Baker Mayfield or Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan, easily. That's an easy, that's an easy decision. Do I want Jimmy G or Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan, easily. That's an easy decision. My thing with Matt Ryan is when Frank Reich decides to go against what's working and make some odd decisions on the field offensively, I believe Matt Ryan has the has the track record to go against what Frank Reich's doing. Carson Wentz, that was his guy. I don't, I don't think Carson Wentz was going to go against Frank Reich. Phillip Rivers, he is, he is who he is. He's going to make those mistakes. He's going to make those throws that don't make sense. But he's still going to be able to almost get you there for some victories. But sometimes he might get in the way. But like you said earlier, his arm was on the downslide. So that kind of made sense why some of those throws were off. It's just he's almost 40 years old. He has, what, seven kids. He's not only throwing footballs on Sunday. He's throwing baseballs in the backyard on Saturday. So there's a lot of things going on with him and his family. Um, little joke there. But I get it. Like, it happens. I'm comfortable with Matt Ryan. I'm very comfortable. I'm uncomfortable with how long it took for a decision to be made, knowing that the numerous receivers are gone, Tyreek Hill being one of them, but I don't think the Colts are going to break the bank. They don't even have the money to give Tyreek Hill the money that he wants uh, with him being down in, in Miami right now. And I do think Jalen Waddle reunites the two of Iloa. So those, that's a that's a wild thing to think about when you think about Matt Ryan to Indianapolis and then a couple of guys are going down to Southern Florida, South Florida to have a good time down there uh, with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I'm happy. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with this. I wonder what they're going to do with the draft next year. If they wait until Arch Manning, uh, if they try to draft him, that's, I think he's not eligible to get drafted until 2026, if that's correct. So you got to be in, you got to be out of high school for three years. I think that will be 2026 when he'd be eligible for the NFL draft. So I don't know if that's Arch Manning is going to have it down the road. They want to break the bank and get, give away all these draft picks, but I'm comfortable with this. I'm very comfortable with this because I do think, you need a quarterback that will go against what Frank Reich's going to do. If you bring in Jimmy G, I do think Frank Reich messed that, messes that up. He's a good coach, decent play caller, not elite. Matt Ryan, I don't think you're going to have Ballard, Ursay, Reich, or anybody else get mad if Matt Ryan makes an audible and says, no, bro, we're not running that play. Here's what we got. Runs a proper play, touchdown. And he's like, well, Frank Reich called this. I didn't see that on the field, so he audible and I made the right play because I knew what the defense is going to do based off our personnel. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, my first reaction was, I thought this was great. Uh, it was, I think he's got a lot of good football left. Um, and I'll get into the second part of this uh, after I you know kind of respond to what you said, because the second part is going to tie into my next topic I really want to talk about. But um, yeah, and here's the thing with the whole Jimmy G Baker Mayfield situation. And I think you have to ask yourself for Jimmy G you have to be real, real realistic here. I mean, first of all, he had the sh shoulder surgery. So you're going to mm -hmm. go into a second mm -hmm. year in a row, not having your quarterback in training camp, or at least until later on in the training camp because of an injury. And if you go back and watch the green Bay game, all you have to do is watch the green Bay game. And the last, I understand that San Francisco won, but the last play of that game that Jimmy G threw a pass on, he threw a pick. It was a dumb pick. It was one of those interceptions where you're like, what in the heck were you thinking? And so you get that a lot with Jimmy G. Same thing you got with Carson Wentz. And that's why I was not a big Jimmy G guy because it was like, you're not getting much different than what you're getting with Carson Wentz, except a guy who's less mobile. You're still getting a guy who makes dumb plays, doesn't have as big of an arm and can't move making dumb interceptions. So, I mean, 
I was like, I don't want that. I agree. I think Matt Ryan is going to do really, really well here. I think him being able to audible out of some things and either set up the run or set up mm-hmm. the pass is going to be really, mm-hmm. really good. I had a friend talk to me about this Matt Ryan thing, and he didn't really like it because Matt Ryan – I'm going to say it like this. Matt Ryan's boring. When you, yeah. when you think about yeah. quarterbacks, he's boring. He isn't the Patrick Mahomes. He isn't Russell Wilson. He isn't Josh Allen. But you remember the last time the Colts had a boring quarterback? <laughs> I think we won a Super Bowl. We were the all-time winningest team in the decade. I think that – player went on to win five league MVPs, one of which was with the Denver Broncos, but just I'm not saying, again, not saying Matt Ryan's Peyton Manning. By any means, I'm not comparing those two guys. I'm just saying, the last time we had a, actually, even after that, the last time we had a boring quarterback in Phillip Rivers, made the playoffs. I just saying, but you know, when you think about the fact that Peyton was a boring quarterback and he didn't really have all the flashy stuff, like I'm not, again, not saying Matt Ryan's Peyton Manning. By no means am I saying that. They're not even in the same ballpark as as far as, like, quarterbacks go. But you get the age. The guy's been around the league for a while. Still got a good arm. Smart with the football. I think this is a very, very good signing for the Indianapolis Colts. Here's where I'm going into the next thing. We talked about it the last time you were on the show, the wide receiver position. And I was a little more iffy on it then than I am now and I and here's why because when we were talking about potentially keeping Carson Wentz we saw how bad that was with a lack of wide receivers when you look at Jimmy G I don't think that would have been great for him because he has guys like Debo Samuel and others there in San Francisco you look at Baker he couldn't get the job done with Odell Beckham Jr. and and Jarvis Landry so I was like I'm not sure but I look at Matt Ryan and what Matt Ryan was able to do last year. The fact that the Falcons won seven games last year, (laughs) their best receiver was Russell Gage, who wasn't a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. And also, Matt Ryan's done touchdown passes to Cordero Patterson. I don't know if you remember, but he's a first-round bust at this point. Like, this Mm -hmm. is a guy who went was drafted by Tennessee, did nothing. Went to Minnesota, still did nothing. Or maybe it was the other way around. Anyways, the point is, did nothing. And then – goes to Atlanta. They kind of use him as a running back, wide receiver hybrid, and somehow Matt Ryan wills that team to seven wins. I really think Matt Ryan, given, you know, with Frank Reich, he's going to have Jonathan Taylor. He has this great offensive line. I think it's going to work out for them. I do still think you need to get a guy in the draft, whether it be second or third round. I would really like for them to get a guy in the second. But if you can't, Wandell Robinson from Kentucky will be there mm-hmm. about the third round. He can do a lot of the same things Debo Samuel can do. That would work out really great for them. That's where I would look at for the Colts. If if I'm focused in on the draft, wide receiver has to be your number one target, in my opinion. It does. It absolutely does. It's a it's a thing where if you look at the free agencies, and I'm trying to pull this up right now. Um, give me a second. If you look at the free agents that are available. This is according to Spotrack.com, which is a phenomenal way to keep up with contracts and free agency signings and trades and things like that. It does a phenomenal job with details of contracts so you're up to date with what's going on. Top of the list of available wide receivers that are free agents. Julio Jones, I wouldn't want to bring, I would not want to bring him in here. Um, Jarvis Landry, probably going to cost too much. Do you want to deal with Will Fuller? I think Will Fuller is not a bad receiver. 
but is do you have the money for it? Next one down, T.Y. Hilton. But, sorry, I haven't off the T.Y. Hilton train for quite a long time. Um, I last year I said don't re-sign him. They brought him back. Ballard Worse play than it was the year back. before. What's that? Ballard still wants to bring him back. He reiterated that on the Pat McAfee show. Why do you want to bring a guy in that can't get open? <laughs> like, I, I don't care if he's the ghost. I don't care if he's a Colts legend. So people say, the guy can't get open. Like, I was not planning on going on this rant when on your show, Stu, but <laughs> can't get open. Like, what are we doing here? You're right, waiting I'm until the you. last minute to get, bring in a quarterback. Not last minute, but you're waiting a little bit longer. you got a decent quarterback for what you did. But you want to bring back a guy that can't, even, that can't do anything. Nothing at all. Drop it. Just let him go. Granted, he's also 32 years old. He had, had a few injuries, which that doesn't help him either. Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, A.J. Green, Keenan Cole, Sammy Watkins, Albert Wilson, Deshaun Jackson. You could bring in Odell, who believes Matt Ryan's a good fit here in Indianapolis. Odell's coming off at, was it ACL tear in the Super Bowl? In February. Thank you. And so another, another thing, you brought in Eric Fisher last year coming off of an injury. We saw how that went when he was coming off of a major injury. Do you want to, do you want to do that again? I think Odell will take a pay cut to come to, Indiana, to, to come to Indianapolis to play with Matt Ryan. I don't know if the Colts will want to bring Odell in, even if he was healthy, because of the other stuff that comes along with Odell. It's not nowhere near as bad as it used to be when he was with New York or when he first got to Cleveland. But there are other things that the Colts might say, yeah, we don't want that guy to be here on our team. When it comes to the NFL draft, though, you make a good point about guys you could get in the second or even third round of the draft. Um, David Bell? David Bell's there, but I think David Bell's more a number two than a number one of the NFL. And that's my thing. Like, you got to find, could Michael Pittman be the number one? I, Probably. Is he, is he right now? No. Could he no. potentially be? I yes. think so. Here's the thing. Maybe, maybe a Jamison Williams falls to you. And I think. ACL tear. I, I think George, In January. I. I understand, but yeah, I yeah. do think future – that would be a more of a future move. Yes. Yes. I think a guy – here's a guy to keep your eye on, Jay, because, you know, watching a lot of the wide receivers I do for the draft and stuff like that, let me tell you this. A guy I really like and I think could be a number one day one, and had he not gotten hurt earlier in the year, probably would have been the best receiver in this draft class is George Pickens out of Georgia. So I've heard me, people say that. For me, George Pickens is a guy that if he's there in round two and he hasn't gone by the time the Colts pick, we could be having George Pickens in Indianapolis. But I'll let you continue. First, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're fine. You're fine. My first thing would be to go with David Bell. I think if you're, if you're in the second round and you need a receiver, I think David Bell is your guy. I do think where, you, where you're slotted in the NFL draft, I think David Bell's going to be there. Um, I don't think you're going to have a chance to get a guy like Garrett Wilson or Drake London. I think Jamison Williams is probably going to be a first-round pick. Uh, Chris Olave, I would still take David Bell over Chris Olave. Um, if Chris Olave is there and David Bell is gone, I would take Olave. But just know he's very thin-framed, and that may be a big reason why the Colts defer and go away from him in the NFL draft because I've even talked to scouts and say, this guy's skinny. Like, he's a thin-framed kid. I, get, no. I can get his weight. But he's very, very thin. Um, Traylon Burks would be decent. Jahan Dotson would be good. George Pickens would be one that I would go for as well. But you're going to get a guy that's probably going to be a, a wide receiver too. So you're going to have to boost up Michael Pittman Jr. in the wide receiver room to say, hey, bro, you're the number one guy on our team. And if that's the case, great. But once again, it's not just the receivers. The Colts don't have a starting tight end. Frank Reich needs a starting tight end. Like, Mo Alley Cox is good. Don't get me wrong. 
I don't think he's a starting caliber tight end in the NFL. And I think that's the big thing. If you don't have a starting caliber tight end, defenses are going to roll the coverage to those elite guys or their number one guys. They'll not go and get more coverage and attention to the tight end. They'll kind of say, well, he can go one-on-one with the linebacker, which really isn't good from Ali Cox. But he, will he be as consistent as you need him to be? Will he be able to block and catch the ball as much as he needs to be when he's getting more of the attention? Like, these are all things people think about. I think the tight end might be the next move before receiver based off what you just said about Ballard probably leaning towards bringing back T.Y. Hilton. If I were to have T.Y., Michael Pittman Jr., you just lost, you just lost Zach Paschal. Um, What else are you going to have? Are you going to have Ashton Doolin? They love your... Patman. They love Desmond they do. Patton. They do. They, they, they do. really like him. They I've heard a lot of good things out of there coming out of Indianapolis about Patman. And they really like Strawn, too, the big kid that they dominated in the preseason. But can he stay healthy? I mean, that's the big issue with him. I've heard – I think it was Greg Rickstraw on the radio. He was, he was a guest. He wasn't hosting the show. And he was talking about how uh, Mike Strong might not be the guy because he's like everybody that watches him play is like, yeah, he's he's there, but he's not consistent. Like he just doesn't get the job yeah. done. So I think you guys have a, you have a lot of talented people on the Colts, but I don't know if they can stay healthy or just get the job done. Another one to watch is Paris Campbell. I'm kind of off the Paris Campbell train due to injuries and due to health. Maybe. I think he would need to have a full bill of health, a clean season, no injuries, which is highly unlikely because it's the NFL. Everyone gets dinged up, and it's likely that you will miss a game. But if he does stay healthy, if he does not miss any games, and he performs in a way that shows he could be a good slot receiver in the NFL, he might get another contract with the, with the Colts, which I think is what is needed with them. Any one of these guys that really hasn't been that guy to be that guy to move up to boost them. One thing I haven't thought about, I know I keep going around and around, Will the Colts not use a third receiver in the slot and put Naheem Hines out there to get him more attention and more touches? Because I, I think do so. think Hines in the slot is a better weapon and could be more lethal than having Paris Campbell or somebody else be there in the slot. So that's a little wrinkle that Matt, Matt Ryan might push for because he's like, look, you guys are going to keep paying this guy. He's in my back pocket. He's a weapon I could use. Why don't we just have him on the field all the time? That's, now, that's a Jay, to be honest with you, I, like, I picked up – this is fantasy football. This ain't real football. But I picked up Naheem Hines in fantasy because I thought that's how they were going to use him last year. I thought Naheem was going to be a guy that, you know, Jonathan Taylor submitted himself as the number one. But you, you have Naheem Hines. You could really move him out to the slot, throw some quick passes out there to him, kind of like the Chargers used to do with Danny Woodhead. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like you, we saw Philadelphia do it in the Super Bowl with um, Clements. And the the running backs they used there when Frank Reich won the Super Bowl. So yeah. that makes sense to me. They didn't do it last year. I don't know if that's because of Wentz and maybe his, you know, where he's been, his, some of his strong suits back in the day with like, you know, the relationships he have with the tight ends and wide receivers. So maybe they weren't really thinking that way or what. But I was shocked they didn't go that route using Naheem Hines in the slot more than what they did last year. I think it's more Frank Reich, man. I, I think Wentz may have pushed for it. I am not the biggest Frank Reich guy when it comes to play calling. And I think he could be a decent head coach. I just think right now with the way he's used his personnel and the way he has believed in guys playing quarterback that have showed you numerous times, they don't deserve that much belief in their abilities. I'm off that train. 
So I do believe that it's partly Frank Reich who is part of the reason that the Colts have not used Hines in a different way. I've seen on Twitter, people are saying, why is Hines not on the field? Why, why in different situations are you using your personnel this way? I think that's all on Frank Reich. Part of the reason I did not want Jimmy G here, it wasn't because I don't believe the Colts have a good running game. I, the Colts have a great running game. I have no problem with that. It's that I don't trust Frank Reich to put Jimmy G in the right situations to be successful. I don't think Frank Reich will consistently run the ball and do things that work. I think you've talked about the Ravens game um, a couple times, one or two, one, one time or two times I've been Too on Too many here. times that I'm tired. Like, I mean, that game, when I watched that game over and over, Jay, both last year's game, two years ago's game, shall I say, with Phillip Rivers, and then last year's game with Carson Wentz, Jay, I, I want to pull my hair out. I want to pull my hair out. Like, both of those games are games we should have won. Both of those are poorly coached games. Both of those are – I don't put those as much on personnel as I do Frank Reich. And that's my thing with Baker, with Jimmy G. These guys are not bad quarterbacks. They're not bad. I think Baker's a, start, a starting quarterback in the league. I think Jimmy G is a starting quarterback in the league. But do I trust Frank Reich enough to do what's working the entire game in close games, in big moments? No. The Colts had a win over the Packers, great. But that Ravens loss still stings because – you're watching and people are saying, oh, it's the defense. Oh, it's the defense. The defense did everything they could. Now, granted, they did have some boneheaded plays. But you got to put a lot of attention, not only on the personnel on the field, but also on who is calling the shots. And when you're the offensive play caller, as well as the head coach, a lot of the issues that the offense has, they're going to be pointed right back at you. That's my biggest thing with Matt Ryan coming in. I do think it goes full circle. We're going to come back to this. Didn't plan on it. But Matt Ryan can't go against Frank Reich. I think Matt Ryan is not, a, not afraid to stand up to Frank Reich. I don't think Matt Ryan is afraid to call an audible, go on the sidelines, have a conversation, and then even if it doesn't, if it's not resolved at that, at that time, he'll live with it. I think Matt Ryan is that guy. I don't think Jimmy G is. I think Baker's too, too emotional. I wouldn't want to bring that guy <laughs> in right now anyway. Um, I do think, though, Matt Ryan's a guy because with all the issues Frank Reich has play calling and feeling the game and getting the right feel and taking advantage of the things he can take advantage of. I think Matt Ryan can overcome those issues and leave the quarterback, leave the, leave the Colts as their quarterback in a big way. I, I don't think Frank Reich's had that guy do that to him. Maybe since Philip Rivers, cause I, I know him and Philip have a relationship, but I'm not so sure Philip isn't the type of guy to be like, nah, man, I, this is what I see on the field. This is how I'm doing it but definitely not since Andrew Locke. I don't think he's had a guy that, you know, you could look at and say, here's the play call. You get on the field. I don't like what I've seen. I'm, I'm audibly now. You brought up some interesting points and I was going to, I was going to bring this up anyways and talk about it anyways, but we're, we'll get to Frank Reich, but I want to focus on Chris Ballard first. Everyone's praising Chris Ballard right now. And I, again, I've been a Ballard supporter since day one and I've I love Chris Ballard and everyone's talking about well they fleeced the Falcons they fleeced the Falcons and they did and we got a third round pick for the greatest player in Falcons football history like he's the greatest player in their franchise's history we got him for a third round pick but here's the thing Jay in order to get Matt Ryan we had to give up a first for Carson Wentz 
mm-hmm. in order to get Matt Ryan, we had to go through the Carson Wentz situation. And so as great as this deal was for Chris Ballard, I can't let this deal override the fact that you give up a first-round pick for a guy who was here for a year and you parted ways with him. Say that again. I said I don't – as great as this trade was for Matt Ryan and the fact that we only got him for a third-round pick, like, Jay, I I can't overlook the fact – that we gave up a first-round pick for a guy who was here for a year, and you got rid of him. And again, I love Chris Ballard, but I I, I can't overlook the fact that we gave up a first-round pick for a guy who was a rental. You know, it goes back to the point that I made earlier about Bill Polian. I don't believe even Jim Ursay realized it. Maybe there was a difference, and Ursay wanted to go a different route. But when you have a guy that's had, as you said, who had the winningest team in a decade – you had a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame running back, two Hall of Fame wide receivers, um, a Hall of Fame center. And you're you're underway having a second Hall of Fame quarterback. Yes, you're you're um, but he so so he that wasn't on Bill. Bill that wasn't bullying. That, that was that was Grigson. That was that was Grigson. But you have a left tackle in Tariq Glenn who should be in the Hall of Fame. You have two uh, you have two defensive ends that will eventually be in the Hall of Fame. If Bob Sanders does not have an injury-filled career, he's going to the Hall of Fame. You have a Hall of Fame team, and you let that guy go as long as, as well as your franchise quarterback, and along with other guys, Dallas Clark, Joseph Adai, and other guys that were part of the Colts. The, you can say whatever you want about Ryan Grigson. You can say whatever you want about Chris Ballard. I still think this goes back to the Colts have not figured out the GM position since they let go of Bill Polian as well. Now, giving up a first-round pick for Carson Wentz, I don't think the Colts really believed it was going to be a one-year rental. Like I said earlier, I think it was a hope that Carson Wentz was going to be better than he had been during his career. Not a belief, it was more of a hope. And I think that goes to the philosophy of Chris Ballard. You get a different GM in, maybe things will be better. But Jim Irsay believed, it wasn't a hope in Chris Ballard, he believed Chris Ballard was an up-and-coming GM, a phenomenal GM. He could build a team properly, and the Colts would have success. But when you have a GM that consistently makes odd decisions with the quarterback, and we know that the head coach is helping with some of these decisions when it comes to who's going to be quarterback for the Colts, there's a problem there. The first-round pick is one thing. But do think Chris Ballard, if you want to talk about somebody that should be on the hot seat or whose seat should be getting a little bit warmer than it already is, it should be Chris Ballard. I don't oh, think it definitely a, is. I don't if, think he's a bad GM. I just think it, if this doesn't, if this Matt Ryan thing falls flat on his face at the end of the year, it, like I don't, I hope the Colts expectation. I've said this on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it, but I hope the Colts' expectation is to not make the playoffs this year because unless we win the division, it's not going to happen. Not because the team isn't talented and all that; it, it's talented, but the schedule w- that the Colts are playing is brutal. And then you look at how talented the AFC is now with all these different quarterbacks. Unless we win the division, I don't see a way that the Colts make the playoffs. Here's the thing. If this falls flat on its face and Matt Ryan stinks up the joint, I'm not sure who's going to get it first. I think it will be Frank Reich. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then it will be Chris Ballard if next season goes bad as well. But I'm with you. Like, I, JT was a great pick. Darius Leonard, a great pick. Trading for, 
you know, DeForest Buckner, fantastic. But this has been the one thing I've said about Chris Ballard is he has not figured out the quarterback position. This is something that since Andrew Luck left, he's not been able to capitalize on and get. And part of that is his conservative nature in the money spending and trades and all this stuff. Because if you really wanted to, you could have traded up last year and really gotten a guy like a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. You weren't going to get Trevor Lawrence. He was the number one overall pick. It wasn't going to happen. But you could have really gotten some really talented guys like a Trey Lance, a Justin Fields, somebody, if you were just willing to pull the trigger on making a deal that in the future might be a lot, giving up a few f- picks. We've seen how it worked out, you know, with RG3 and other things. But if it pans out and you get a guy like a Zach Wilson or you get a guy like a Justin Fields, who I think is going to be a really good quarterback in this league, and it works out for you, people are going to forget the draft picks you gave up to go get those guys. For me, those are the decisions Frank or Chris Ballard's not making. And I, I'll, I'll, um, I'll say one more thing, and then I'll get back. I'll let you finish your point. Sorry, I interrupted again. You're Here's good. the thing. I, I watched this documentary, this Bleacher Report documentary, on Gordon Hayward's missed shot, right? And we, um, there was an interview with Coach K in that interview, and it was talking about having the fact or having Zubak miss a free throw instead of him making it and they have to inbound it, have a time to draw up a play. And Chris Bell or Frank, geez, Coach K said, <laughs> I, uh, you take risks, not gambles. And that's something that Chris Ballard has not even done. He hasn't even taken risks. He had alone gambles. Like, gamble a little bit. You know, bring up your little, your inner George Jones. You know, put a little money on the table. Let's see what you got. Gamble a little bit. Put all the chips in, like, you know, our owner said that we were going to do. Uh, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. But I'm telling you, Jay, if this does not work out, the Colts will have a new head coach next year if Matt Ryan is not does not work out. And then if it doesn't work out again, it will be Chris Ballard's head. So I go back to in my mind as you're talking, I think about the time when um, Chris Ballard was hired. And I believe it was on the listening to the radio. I don't believe Michael Grady was still here. So I don't, I've listened to that, that morning show since he was, since he left. I do some stuff on YouTube, but generally due to my schedule, I just don't listen to that morning show. And so it was either Dan Dockett or JMV. They had here in Indianapolis, they had Chris Ballard on. And I gravitated towards Chris Ballard because he said, you build a football team from the inside out, not outside in meaning you go from the interior, the offensive line, defensive line, you get that solid, solidify those positions. And then you go to the linebackers, the running backs, the receivers, the skill positions, the DB, things like that. Also inside is your quarterback. Like you can't deny that I get like the interior of the line. The lines is important. But in that, in that, if you say the middle, well, who's right there behind the center? It's your quarterback. If you go from the guys inside the box to build outside of that, the quarterback is going to be right there. So I was gravitated towards him. I, I understand the importance and believe that you need a good O-line, D-line quarterback, linebackers to be able to be successful and go on deep runs in the playoffs and be able to win Super Bowls. Like To me, that's self-explanatory. How is it that you consistently botch that one thing? Not just the quarterback. The O-line has had issues. It's better. It's better. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's had issues, but it's gotten better. Um, the D line had issues. It's gotten better, but there are still things that the Colts need and you bossed the quarterback. So you got me in belief that going from Ryan Grigson, who I thought was bad, 
realizing Grigson was not the biggest problem. Um, maybe just talent evaluation. He was bringing guys in that were. He found a way. He found a way to get success that I didn't think we were going to have with that with the rosters he was putting together. So maybe he knew more about what he was doing than I did, which of course he did. I've never been a GM. I'm just an observer that talks about it into a microphone. <laughs> but for Chris Ballard to be able to say that thing early on, knowing how people in Indianapolis believed in their what they want to believe how good their football team is, there's a fundamental problem with what he has said and what's actually happening. And I'm nervous, not so much about Matt Ryan, but I'm nervous about if you keep Chris Ballard for two, three, four years, the Colts are going to be in this same state, a 500 team, well, well, a little below, above a 500, a little below, because you can't be 500 anymore with an odd number of football games. But you're going to be about a 500 team, a little above that, maybe an average football team, quarterback, quarterback situation, you're going to be going through a two to three-year cycle, probably with this Matt Ryan thing, it's just never going to get better because of talent evaluation. I think that's the biggest downfall with the Colts as well. I don't know if that's all Chris Ballard. I don't know if it's the guys that are working around him. I don't know if Dale Ball is making decisions off of his own research, but talent evaluation in Indianapolis has been poor. You fix Italian talent evaluation. He might be able to get a different quarterback. You change your philosophy philosophy about spending money. He might get a different quarterback. He might get different players. So I was listening to Dan Dockers. You talk about how you listened to an interview a while ago. The, Chris Ballard was it Chris Ballard? No, Pat McAfee. He was on the Pat McAfee show. It was Chris Ballard, the same one you were you were watching or listening to. And Chris Ballard made a joke about people, how people view him spending money. And I'm like, I get you want to joke about it, but bro, it's real. Like Pat McAfee's doing his job. He's making a statement about what people observe from Chris Ballard, saying it in a, in a joking way with a guy he has a good relationship with. He knows that Chris Ballard is not going to get mad at him, Pat McAfee, that is, for talking about the way people view how he spends money. It could also be a belief about how Pat McAfee views Chris Ballard and how Chris Ballard spends money, but he knows he doesn't want to say it. This is what I think. He's going to use what people think, even though they might line up. And Chris Ballard made a joke about it. Now, granted, that could be deflecting, could be dodging, could be not being uh, trying to accept responsibility for those things. But there's there's been flaws from what Chris Ballard has said to what's actually happened. I can give Chris Ballard one more year if he does the fix things, he's gone. I'm perfectly fine with that. I can give Frank Reich one more year if he does if he doesn't fix things, he's gone. I am fine with that. I don't like firing and hiring, firing and hiring. This is a business, a billion-dollar business. you got to do your job. If you don't do your job, you'll be fired. And I do believe that both of those guys could be fired at the end of the year. If things get really, really bad, bro, I would not be surprised if Ursa pulls a plug on one of them or not, or maybe both in the middle of the season. That would be that'd be crazy. But I, I do believe – it's a possibility. I mean, Jay, I'm going to be honest with you. I said this to my roommate. I tweeted this out, and I firmly believe it. I'm not sure the Colts win the division this year. And if that's not the case, then the Colts won't make the playoffs. They just The AFC is too loaded. It's yeah. not that the Colts aren't a good team. If they played in the NFC, they'd probably be a three or four seed. No questions asked. But they play in the AFC, and the AFC is loaded now. And the Colts just – there are some real questions. 
about the team. We'll see how, you know, our new defensive coordinator does. You know, you got to fix those things. Here's the thing, Jay. I, I don't know if the Colts make the playoffs, and I don't know what the expectations are for the Colts. If they if, – if it's Super Bowl or bust, then they'll probably fire halfway through. I'm with you. But yeah. I, I – I think you have to have real realistic expectations with who you've got at quarterback, which I, I love Matt Ryan. And I think he's a top 15 quarterback in this league. But when you got, when you're going up against guys like Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, Mahomes, Allen, you know, we played the AFC West this year, I believe. Whoa, that I believe I, see, I, I looked at the schedule lately. Let me so look at the schedule. It's right here. That's on my the Chiefs phone. at Mahomes. I believe we play the Chiefs, and you know, the Raiders just got bit good as well with Devontae Adams. They got better. Like, you can't win games with what we've got. Here's the schedule yes, we play Kansas City, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders. We play the Broncos and the Raiders on the road, we play the Chiefs. And the Chargers at home. The the AFC West is tough, and we have to play the AFC West. And then not only that, Jay, we also play, you know, we have to play a Tennessee team. They were a playoff team last year. Philadelphia, playoff team last year. Uh, Dallas, playoff team last year. New England, playoff team last year. Minnesota, not a playoff team, but a really tough team to beat. And then we got to play Washington, who's got Carson Wentz, who's going to be on a revenge tour when he comes to Indianapolis. And you got Pittsburgh, who, granted, they have Mitchell Trubisky, but since Mike Tomlin's been there, never had a losing season. So it's not like it's just they might walk. get Baker Mayfield. They, said, and they may I've get heard, Baker Mayfield as well. I've heard that if the Browns cut yes. Baker, that the Steelers, Steelers will go after him. Yes, I've heard the same thing. So it's not like you're just going to walk right in and beat Pittsburgh. So I look at the schedule, Jay, and <laughs> like Jacksonville. At least at home is a win. Probably not on the road. Who knows? We haven't beaten them on the road <laughs> since 2014. That's so sad, man. That's uh, so sad. Houston, you'll probably sweep. And we may, if we're lucky, get one versus Tennessee. But, Jay, I mean, am I wrong? Like, I don't want to sound like a pessimist, but am I wrong for being kind of off of what I, I reeled off to you for kind of having no hope? Not really no hope, but just, like, enjoying the season for what it is this year and just – having no expectations if we make the playoffs great if we don't i kind of expected it but i'm just going to enjoy the season for what it is you know what's funny i have a friend that tells me that all the time that they have no expectations going into certain things and it always sounds like they have expectations going into different things in their life <laughs> a, a fan with no expectations it sounds good i'm not knocking you it's just i, I try to do the same thing i don't care if they win or lose like the Pacers this year i say Oh, they're, they, they're trash. They're not a good basketball team. I don't care what happens. I absolutely care what happens <laughs> because in the middle of the season, I'm saying, yeah. okay, look, I know they're going to be bad. Here's why I want them to draft. If the Colts lose, yeah, I have, I have expectations based off of their performance. Things are going to happen after. So granted, if they lose, if you go into something with no expectations, that's great. I, got, I completely understand where you're coming from. But my mind is you have an expectation because you literally just said you have no expectations, which in turn says I have an expectation that I should not care about this season. So still, I'm not trying to make fun of you. Just a little fun play on words there. But no, man, I get it. Like you just rattled off those quarterbacks, those teams. My memory is not the best, but let's think about this very quickly. Chargers, Justin Herbert, better mm -hmm. than Matt Ryan. Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, 
better than Matt Ryan. Obviously. Raiders, Derek Carr. I would take yes. Derek Carr over Matt Ryan. Yes. Um, who's another one? Seahawks. Uh, I mean, Seahawks. Uh, Broncos. Russell Wilson. Better yeah. than Matt Ryan. Uh, Steelers, Mitchell Trubisky. Okay, whatever. Um, who are a few other teams? Minnesota. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Than Matt Ryan. I mean, they're maybe same. I may take Matt Ryan over Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins are not the best in prime time. But the benefit for, for Matt Ryan, the Colts don't really get prime time games. So Dallas. <laughs> Oh, I would see the thing about Dak is I think he's highly underrated. And Jerry yeah. Jones knew if he let Dak Prescott go, the fan base would crush him. So he kept that quarterback. And actually, I was one of the guys that said, Hey, Colts, go after Dak Prescott. Go after him. I don't <laughs> care if he's coming off an injury. Go after Dak. But no, Dak Prescott, better than Matt Ryan. Who are a few others? Well, we play Philadelphia. I'm not he's Matt Ryan's better than Jalen Hurts. Yes, yes. He's better than Daniel Jones. Yes. Uh, I think he's better than Mac Jones. Uh, he's probably about the same as Ryan Tannehill. And, then, and think about what you're saying there. He's just, I'm not a big Ryan Tannehill fan. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I'm not, I don't think he's the best either. But if you're saying that Matt Ryan, you think is on the same level as Ryan Tannehill, and we've already listed off five, maybe six quarterbacks that are on the schedule that Matt Ryan is not better than, you know, going into it, defensively, you need to have an amazing performance. But also week. offense every single week but offensively you need guys that are weapons on your team and i don't think people keep people believe around indianapolis around the world that are colts fans that chris ballard is going to consistently put weapons around the quarterback no matter if he's 25 or 35 that will help him be successful yes i mentioned bill polian earlier i keep going back to this but chris ballard is failing in ways that bill polian did not I agree. And I also do think a lot of this, like, this is just the opponents and it divides it in a home and away. A lot of it is when you play teams, like I think you could probably sneak in and get a win maybe against the Chargers if you played in week one or week two, because they're still trying to figure themselves out. Same with the Raiders and the Broncos, especially the Broncos who have a new quarterback. You could probably sneak in and get a win or two. But if you play them like week five, week six, when they're cooking, and they've had a chance to get some things like it's tough. Uh, we have to play Washington. That one, I think, is going to be a primetime game, whether it be Thursday night, Sunday night, just for the strict fact of Thursday night is, football with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. Imagine I know, that. right? Just and Carson Wentz versus the Colts and all the storylines that are going to come with that one. <sighs> Here's the thing, Jay. Here's the thing. We'll see after April. If I have expectations, if, if April comes in, we've gotten John Mechie from Alabama. Yeah, yeah. we've gotten David. Didn't, Bell. He, didn't he get hurt too? Yes, but he's like way earlier, like okay, early okay. into the football season. So he'll okay. be, he should be really good to go by time we, by time the football season starts. Like he should be there for training camp, all that good stuff. Jay, it, it, come April, if we're still, who's our number two wide receiver? Like, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna need some I'm gonna need some help as a fan, dude, because I I don't know. Like I, I love this team and I love Chris Ballard. And I think Ballard's done a great job of team building. But I just I don't know, man. I I'm not as high on Chris Ballard as I used to be. I used to be the this guy's a top three GM in the league type of guy. Now I'm I'm in the middle of the road and I'm a if if this season goes to to heck and it falls apart then maybe it's time to start looking other places 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I sound negative. That. I know I sound ne- like a negative Nancy, and I'm not trying to, but it's just like, again, here we are, another offseason. We had all this money. We got absolutely nobody. We spent no money to get any free agents that we had before Matt Ryan was there. And I understand pl- receivers don't really want to come to a place if they if they think Sam Ellinger's throwing the football. Like, I understand that. But you got to spend money somewhere. I mean, heck, I'm not a big Tyreek Hill fan, but Tyreek Hill said, oh, I'll go play with Tua Tagovailoa. You're telling me you can't sign a, a Jarvis Landry? You can't get somebody? Like, I don't know, man. I know I sound negative, but, I mean, this is where I'm at at this point. It's like we haven't done much to get better than what we were last year while other teams around us are getting better. Jacksonville signed a bunch of guys that were questionable as far as how much money they were giving them. But, heck, at least they spent – like, I mean, what I, I saw a tweet that said, I think Chris Ballard thinks the money is his money and it goes in his own personal bank account. I'm starting to actually think that because he's not spending. No, he's not. Uh, no, I, I completely understand your frustration. And I've talked to people that are as frustrated as you are because there's a reason to be frustrated. There's a reason why Colts fans believe they need to have a good quarterback, a high-quality quarterback on the team. Some teams would be fine with a, an aging Phillip Rivers for one year. Some franchises would be fine with a 36, 37-year-old Matt Ryan for two, maybe three years. Some people will be fine with Carson Wentz coming in, having the season that he had, and then having two or three more years of that. Some franchises will be fine. Peyton Manning showed us what good quarterback, elite quarterback play should look like. How a quarterback runs the offense. How a quarterback is not afraid to tell a coach no. Is not afraid to call his own plays. Peyton Manning showed us that. Yes, Colts fans got spoiled. They also got educated. And I think the problem is Chris Ballard maybe doesn't understand that the Colts fan base, no matter if you're 8 years old or 88 years old, it's really, really intelligent. They know what good football looks like. And he has failed to put together a team that can play good football. He could put a roster together. He can get guys on the roster that need that should be in the NFL. But is that roster full of talent, high-quality talent, that will go deep into the NFL playoffs? No. Polian did it. Grigson did it. The one downfall for Grigson was those injuries that Andrew Luck had. Chris Ballard has yet to do those things. But even a man like Ryan Grigson that most people in Indianapolis don't like, Grigson did it. Ballard should be able to. I'm with you. I agree. Uh, listen, this is fun. I, I enjoy talking Colts football, especially with a fellow Colts football fan. Uh, so a big thank you for joining the show. A big congratulations again on, you know, being named a, the number three Ohio State Buckeyes podcast for the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Again, can't wait till you're named number one, but a big congratulations again on being named in the top three. Uh, before you leave, like always, just you know, plug your shows, your social media, where people can find you, all that good stuff. But thank you for coming on again. Thank you, Stupid. This was fun. Also a little bit therapeutic as well. I told somebody <laughs> on Monday, I, I was a guest on a podcast Monday, and I said, hey, guys, look, I have some Colts information. It's not going to hit Twitter yet. Uh, I'm going to save it for these podcasts that I'm on. They got it first. You got it second. A little bit more in-depth than what we did Monday. You know, this is always fun. You guys can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Uh, subscribe to the Jay Stevens podcast. 
uh, comes out once a week. Uh, just a little uh, time for me to rant and banter and have a good time talking about sports. Got a few topics here on my notebook that I wrote down today that might be on the podcast next week. One of them is an athlete, not saying what name or sport, that retired at the age of 25. We're going to dive into that a little bit as well. Um, then also the Lockdown Buckeyes podcast every Monday through Friday, five days a week. It's a daily podcast covering the Ohio State football and basketball teams. Ohio State just had their pro day. A guy that the Colts might be able to draft in Chris Olave is an Ohio State Buckeye. So be sure to check that out. We'll be talking about pro day recap and other things regarding the football team and players that the Colts might end up drafting. Drafting, there's actually something I didn't think about. Ohio State has a couple left tackles, a couple tackles, a couple guys that the Colts might end up drafting in the second round in Nicholas Petit Freyer or Thayer Munford. I would not be shocked if Chris Ballard says, look, I'm not passing up on one of these offensive linemen. I'm going to get them, defer on David Bell, not get Chris Olave if Olave is still available, and then go down that road. So we'll be talking about a lot of things at, over at Locked on Buckeyes. Definitely guys that the Colts might draft. And uh, excited to uh, talk ball, talk sports. And I'm excited for the potential, a little off topic, for Kyrie Irving to be able to play home games again. Because I'm excited to see Kyrie play basketball. And I know for a fact teams around the NBA will be a little bit more nervous to play in Brooklyn, now that Kyrie will probably be able to play home games. I'm interested to hear that episode. I'm not a Kyrie guy. I don't like Kyrie. And, you know, we have our own, I have my own reasons. Yeah. Whatever. I We could talk about those on a different episode. <laughs> but uh, a big thank you again, Jay. Big congratulations. Listen, I'll be back on before the season. We'll preview the season, kind of talk about some of the things. Probably once the schedule really gets set, we know who we're playing, what weeks, and different things. Uh, we'll talk about that and all that different stuff. But uh, a big thank you. A big thank you to you guys listening. Again, if you – listen, I can only do so much, all right? I, I can share it on social media. I can plug it on TikTok. I can only do so much. It's you guys listening that help grow this show. So if you know somebody who likes listening to sports radio, sports podcasts, whatever – Share this with them. Spam it in their DMs, their work emails, their personal emails, uh, their social medias, their text messages. Um, even if you want to call them and hit play on like Apple Podcasts or something, you know, like play it for them over the phone. That works too, whatever it takes. But uh, help the podcast grow. I believe you guys listening are the biggest way for that to happen. But again, thanks for listening. Have a good day, good night, good afternoon, whatever it is. You have a good one, and I'll see you next week.